this week we're watching My Fair Lady, uh, one of the last musicals to win Best Picture before the fall of old Hollywood. And I'm very excited because this year we are getting a slew of new musicals, including In the Heights, Tick, Tick, Boom on Netflix, and, um, and Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, just to name a few, because there are more. With especially with like Tick Tick Boom coming out, which is a long delayed musical that has just been waiting to be made, I thought, hey, why don't we talk about musicals from the stage that we would like to see adapted to the screen that haven't been made yet? And who would we possibly get to direct and or cast? Sure. Who would like to open up? I'll start. Zach's gonna take mine. I don't have many. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not going to. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to. Yeah, this one was tough because I don't watch a lot of I don't really keep my ear to the ground when it comes to musicals that aren't movies. Yeah, I intentionally um, left one off the list just so Paul could say it. Nice. Oh, I'm, I'm curious now. <laughs> um, so my first one was the Evil Dead musical. Um, yeah. And as much as I would love to have Bruce Campbell do it, he's just getting too up there in age. Just him playing Ash more. That's not like Ash at his age. I don't think he can play teenager Ash anymore. <laughs> And and a little less that to me than I think his voice, his singing voice is too deep for the role of Ash. Yeah. Ash is too high for even me. So, yeah. Um, so who I went with is somebody whose singing voice I don't know and is probably bad, but I would love to see Jensen Ackles actually play Ash Williams. I, I just think that would work out. Um, even though right now he's kind of because he's doing uh, something in the DC. No, he's is it the boys he's going to be? In? Yeah, or he's a soldier boy in the boys. Yeah. So and apparently and apparently he's been keeping secrets from uh, Jensen his, from, yeah. from his co star yeah. from his brother. <laughs> Why? Yeah, that's actually that's been a fun little game at home because my wife is a big Gilmore Girls fan. So the guy who plays Sam's name is Dean in Gilmore Girls. So I go, hey, it's Sam. She's like, no, it's Dean. I was like, no, Dean is his brother. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other one I have is Book of Mormon, which is an obvious one. Yeah. Um, but I want to see Trey Stone and Matt Parker be <laughs> as the uh, the main characters. You could have uh, the the original cast do the movie, and I think it would still work out really well. But I just kind of wanted to look outside the box and go. Josh Gad would probably still do it, and uh, the guy who played Elder Price um, uh, would definitely do it. Oh, you said that. Now his name just fell out. A- Andrew Rannells. That's right. Yep. So, yeah, I would like to see just Trey, Trey Stone and Matt Parker actually play those roles, just because it'd be fun. But those are what I got. What you got, Zach? Well, so as I've said before, and I'll probably, you know, say again one time or another, I'm not a huge musical person. I have select musicals that I really like and that more later. Uh, So my knowledge of musicals that haven't been made to movies yet is kind of slim. So I went into a couple of very personal picks. The first one I went with is Hadestown. Um, Oh, nice which I first heard the album before I ever saw the musical. Um, and I, I love, love that album. And um, I think 
you know, I, a lot of the original Broadway cast, I think, she could probably come back. Um, although I would cast Janelle Monet as Persephone, just because I love her. Mm-hmm. And she's my second wife, even though she doesn't know it. And uh, just for fun, you know, I'd have Regina King direct it. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she already has she already has a a knack for taking stage plays and putting them on screen. So let's do that. My second one is a play that doesn't actually exist yet, but I've I've always joked. Well, it's not a joke. If I were to win the lottery and I could fund a creation of a play of the Queensryche album Operation Mindcrime. <laughs> That would be it. I would make a play out of that, and then it would get adapted to a movie. I had a hard time kind of looking at the cast, though, because I don't know a lot of modern actors who might have a good kind of hair metal singing voice. Mm. I was thinking Tom Cruise, but he's really getting too old. And and he already did role. the hair metal thing in um, yeah. um, what, Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages. I, I kept thinking School of Rock, and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> no. So maybe uh, you know maybe Zach Efron would put oh, him in there. Yeah. Um, I, I thought about Zach Efron for, for the uh, Evil Dead musical. Yeah, yeah. I if, think he's uh, a little too old for that now. Yeah, I was thinking for the role of Mary. Uh, even if she's older than him, I'm going to go Kate Winslet. We'll have a little cougar thing going on there. <laughs> so Zach Efron and Kate Winslet, and the only person I I want to direct it is a master of the 80s and crime and religion all grouped into one. Martin Scorsese is going to direct that. Nice. So, there we go. I could see Scorsese doing a musical. I, I would love that. Yeah. Yep. Or just have uh, Chris Columbus do it. Because <laughs> mm. <laughs> he did such a bang-up job with Rent. Right? <laughs> <laughs> David. You got some answers for it. Well, I have more or less some musicals, but casting wise, there's only really one that two that I had. The first move, first one I'd like to see is Wicked. Okay, I think they can do a really good job with that. And I would honestly, I'd like to see Anne Hathaway as Galinda because she does dits pretty well already, hmm. and she can sing. Okay, so I think she's a a shoe in. The other one I want to see is Miss Saigon. Oh yeah, yeah, but I want Ewan McGregor to play the GI. Okay. Because it's Ewan McGregor, and I love that man, because yeah, he's an international it? treasure. Exactly. Yeah, so. he's, he's my second wife, and he doesn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> so then I have two randoms, and I don't know how well they would actually translate to film, but I wouldn't mind seeing them. The first is Avenue Q, um, <laughs> and the other one is Monty Python's Spamalot, because it's so Spamalot. If they, I thought about saying that, but if they did that, I'd want them to like find a way to get Terry Jones's urn as a cast member. <laughs> the holy grail. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. it could be the grail. <laughs> Find your grail, <laughs> or the holy hand grenade. I mean, something. <laughs> so those were those were what I had, but those were the only two like castings I could think of. Director wise, I have no clue. That's yes, fair. All right, so I got three answers, and I, I tried to I tried to vary uh, the periods I picked them from, but because like. Pretty much every great musical from the 50s and 60s got made into a movie. Uh, I kind of had a start in the 1970s with Stephen Sondheim's Company, uh, which is an incredible musical, but is almost considered unfilmable because it doesn't really have a form. And I was thinking how 
how great it would be if instead of having one director, we either put it in the hands of a bunch of music video people or really great, like independent New York directors, people like Noah Baumbach or, um, or Greta Gerwig. Like, I would love to see these people like take uh, each section and create something of their own from that and then have uh, the main character, Bobby, who... Oh, oh there's Master out of the Pod, Zaphod Beeblebrox. There's my wine. Um, and then have the main character, Bobby, just kind of connect all of the tissue of those films, kind of like Tim Roth does in Four Rooms. So uh, that's that's something I would love to see. Now, my second one is also kind of a formless piece that... I think it'd have a nice surreal quality to it. Uh, and that musical is Assassins. It is my all- That was the one I did not see. Awesome, thank you. <laughs> it is my all-time favorite musical. Uh, it is also Stephen Sondheim. It is an incredible piece of work. And again, it's really formless because uh, it's uh, all the people who tried to or successfully assassinated a president through our history just kind of mingling in this weird space together. Uh, it, and given that it's really weird and formless, I would like to see someone like the Safdie brothers take it on. Is there a filmed version of that? I've never seen it before. Oh, you know, you could probably find some some like college uh, performances of it on YouTube, but I have never specifically seen a film version. I will try to hmm. see if I can't find one, especially of the 2004-ish cast with Neil Patrick Harris playing the narrator. And Michael Cerveris playing John Wilkes Booth. It is okay. incredible. It is. I'm not going to say it's better than the original because um, Victor Garber plays Booth in that one. And ooh, Victor Garber. Ooh, that man. I don't I don't know if you've ever seen Victor Garber do a musical. I don't know. That's my heart beating out of my chest for Victor Garber. Okay. Uh, and uh, current musicals, I think the one I would really like to see the most is uh, a musical called Be More Cool. And uh, it is the story of a young man who's kind of a loser and, and, and a loner who gets a computer put into his brain to make him a cooler person. But then the, compu the computer chip starts taking over his personality. Oh, it's it's a really interesting high school. Uh, I was going to say high school musical, but it's not high school musical. Uh, is it be more cool or be more chill? I'll just be more cool. Does it be more chill? I think it's be more chill. Oh, man. See? Fucking up my own stuff because I got on a roll. It's be more chill. <laughs> Irish whisper. Or you should call the movie be more cool. Yeah. Well, mess that well, it up. sounds anyway, super interesting. It's really interesting. And it's it. I've, I've seen bits and pieces and listened to the soundtrack. And and I'm I'd be really interested to see this in this kind of big blockbuster way especially with dear evan hansen getting a, a movie musical this year starring a 50 year old man who's playing a high schooler um <laughs> i'm over exaggerating uh, my wife is just way too into ben platt just he's he's fine i like him. i don't yeah. dislike him he's fine in those uh acapella movies okay so anyway be more chill um and honestly i don't i don't know who i would get to direct this because I don't know. It, it's a really interesting piece, and uh, Spielberg. I, nah. Greta Gerwig. 
Greta Gerwig, always Greta Gerwig. I, she'll she'll bring she'll bring it. She's amazing. Uh, I'd like somebody somebody young and interested in the material, and not somebody just trying to capitalize on the current musical trend. Yeah, sure. To do it, and hey, if you get the director of the play to do it, to give it a shot, kind of like Jerome Robbins did with the West Side Story, let's do it. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Thank you. I feel educated. I do. I would also like to say I didn't put it on my list, but uh, I feel like Phantom needs to get remade, but, you know, with a fucking tenor instead of a bass. <laughs> <laughs> and not Gerald, Gerald, whatever his fucking name is. Christine. <laughs> Hell. <laughs> Let's talk about a movie. Let's talk about a movie. Hello, all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. I'm Zach McCoy. And joining us this week to talk about our movie is friend of the pod and returning guest, David Ray, the giant DM. Hello, David Ray. Yep, I'm still fat. (laughs) (laughs) I hate your name on Twitter now, so I had had to... Yeah, you know, it's there because of you, so... (laughs) Because my brain doesn't work. Be more cool. <laughs> we are your Oscar grouses. Welcome back to the Oscar Wednesday podcast, show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what film are we watching this week? Zach. We are watching My Fair Lady, an ug- ugly duckling to swan story. You know, Pygmalion again. Professor turns a working class girl into a high society lady. Society lady. This is everybody's first time seeing this film. No. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> no. Uh, also, no. Uh, David, would you like to tell us about your first time and uh, why you wanted <laughs> to talk about the show on our podcast? I don't remember the first time I saw this, but I pretty much saw it at least twice a year growing up because it's one of my mother's favorite movies. And it's probably my favorite musical, so. Uh, I can remember the first time I saw this. I saw it in my freshman year drama class. Uh, my teacher, Mrs. Chisholm, Miss, Miss Chisholm, sorry, uh, uh, showed it to us and then complained about a character who we'll get to most likely during uh, talk. All right. Shall we do an Oscar breakdown? Sure. Don't I get to talk about my first time? Oh, yeah, what you... about my first time, you jerk? Go on. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, holds a special place because my first time was watching it with uh, Caitlin, who uh, was born on Eliza Doolittle Little Day. And I think she did a play version of this uh, when she was in high school. Oh, I'm so jealous. I wanted so bad to play Eliza's father. Yeah, you would have been perfect. Jonathan. Uh, yeah, mine's basically the same thing as David. My mom loves this movie a lot. Uh, the only difference was is instead of my mom, whenever I would be running, instead of yelling, run, Forest, run, like everybody else's parents were doing, my mom would always yell, run, Dover, move your blooming ass. Sounds like a <laughs> <mom. laughs> 
Yeah. It's come on, Dover, move your blooming arse. Yes. So. Shout, shouted it at the TV while my while my <laughs> five year old was standing there when it came on. Perfect. Yep. Because I'm, I'm a good father like that. All right. Now shall we do it? I mean, oh, go on. I mean, the first time, uh, my first marriage, on the way to the church, they played "Get Me to the Church on Time." So nice. <laughs> and I didn't even go to a church. So there you go. Yeah, I <laughs> I was singing it all morning, the uh, morning of my wedding, and we got married in my grandparents' yard. <laughs> a different kind of church. So uh everybody had a park at a church next to their house. Anything else before we go into the Oscar breakdown? Oscar breakdown. It is a crisp April 5th, 1965. Still don't actually know what the weather is. Um it was um it was 55.2 degrees Fahrenheit clear with no precipitation. I was yeah. looking it up too. <laughs> I've been waiting for someone to do accurate. it. Uh, we'll just assume you've got it right every time so far. <laughs> uh, Santa Monica Civic Auditorium still, and our host, Bob Hope. I was going to guess. Hey. It is his 14th time. That's wow. a lot of times. All right. Our most nominated film of the evening is Mary Poppins at 13. Dang it. Uh, so... This event does mark the first time that more than two films had received 10 or more nominations, and Mary Poppins gets 13, and Beckett and My Fair Lady both get 12. So, a little bit of history right there. My Fair Lady walks away, most awarded on the night, at 8. Our Best Picture category, unprecedented! Gentlemen, we are going into our podcast within a podcast on Best Picture. Yeah. All right. Walt Disney is nominated as the producer with Bill Walsh for Mary Poppins for Best Picture. It is his only nomination on the night, which, of course, he <laughs> obviously we aren't talking about Mary Poppins, so he loses to My Fair Lady. This is incredible. Walt Disney, you made it to the top, top of the show. I'm sure he is. So happy in his cryogenic <laughs> head bottle. Oh, uh, all right. One nomination, no wins. Uh, My Fair Lady also beats out Beckett, Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, and Zorba the Greek. Uh, George Cooker, who, of course, we talked about in the Gone with the Wind episode, being fired from Gone with the Wind, uh, wins Best Director. So take that uh, and he beats out Stanley Kubrick for Dr. Strangelove or How He Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb I only brought that up so I could say the title again uh, Rex Harrison wins Best Actor uh, playing Professor Henry Iggins oh David's shaking his head over there yeah I, I, I don't know I just don't like that category I think well, I like him in the play, uh, in, in the movie. I don't know if... Is it? That <laughs> category this year, I think. Yeah, this, I, I don't know if he outsold Peter Sellers or, uh, you know, I'm, I haven't seen the other two movies that the other nominees are. I so. am going to tell you, I watched all of the films from this category this week, and Rex Harrison, who I've always loved in this film, is probably my last pick. Yeah, like, <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, well, 
was Dick Van Dyke a supporting actor or was he a ma- was he best actor like for Mary Poppins? Because I think he does a better job because it's also a musical role. Yeah. So I think if you look at it that way, he should have been nominated over Harris. I, I think his awful uh, British accent is what kept him. His awful Cockney. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible, but it's so endearing, at least for me. We'll get into that. Um, honestly, of the five actors here, I pick Peter O'Toole. Oh, God, yeah. But again, we'll get into that. All right. Uh, best actress goes to Julie Andrews for Mary Poppins. Does everybody Ooh. know this story? I know this story very I think well. I, I, I kind of know this story. I love I love this story. So uh, Julie Andrews originated Eliza Doolittle and My Fair Lady on Broadway. Yeah. Jack L. Warner didn't think, A, she was a known enough name to star in this film, and B, was pretty enough. So... I'm with you on that. I'm with you on it's, that, Zach. It's I see the most that insane thing. Yeah. <laughs> also, keep in mind that she starred opposite Rex Harrison on the Broadway. Who, oh, Rex man. Harrison also was not the first pick. In fact, it wasn't until uh, they apparently went to Cary Grant and Cary Grant told Warner that he would not even see the film if they didn't cast Rex Harrison for this. <laughs> that they <laughs> that they even went to him. Yeah. Um. So uh, they they put in Audrey Hepburn, who is an an amazing actress and is great in everything. She's great in this. And then decide after shooting some of her songs that her voice isn't strong enough to carry the film and dub her over with Marnie Nixon. Marnie Nixon. And uh, it is said... Apparently during all this, Julie Andrews is losing her shit. (laughs) (laughs) Julie, Julie Andrews, who apparently is just really good friends with Audrey Hepburn. Um, and, and didn't blame her at all for taking the role because, uh, apparently Jack L. Warner told, uh, Audrey Hepburn that if she turned down the role, Julie Andrews still wasn't getting it. Wow. Because Audrey Hepburn was like, I think Julie should do it. He's like, she's not even like 12th choice. (laughs) Take it or don't. So they dub over her singing with Marnie Nixon and, uh, it is thought that because that a lot of people said that she only gave half her performance, which fuck Rami Malek and Bohemian Rhapsody, who didn't do any of his own singing and won Best Actor. Okay. Uh, and uh, a lot of people were sympathetic to Julie Andrews being shafted for this film because Jack L. Warner's a jerk off. That mm-hmm. that is why Audrey didn't get nominated at all, and Julie Andrews wins Best Actress. I mean, aside from the fact that Julie Andrews just fucking crushes Mary Poppins. Sure. Yeah, I watched that earlier today, and I was like, man, still, still such a fun <laughs> film. So yeah. fucking good in that movie. Yeah, watching it again as an adult, uh, you realize how hot she is. I don't. Like yes, yes, exactly. I, I thought so as a kid. <laughs> Never liked Mary Poppins. Boo! I know it's fine. Burns. <laughs> I was saying boo, Burns. <laughs> Uh, anyway, all right. Okay, sorry so, to uh, sidetrack here. Uh, no, Oscar the, podcast. This is, it, it's it's all part of the story of this, and yeah. we'll get more into it. Um, but uh, aside from Jonathan's bad opinion on Mary Poppins, uh, this is Debbie Reynolds's one and only nomination for the unsinkable Molly Brown. She's incredible in that film. All right, uh, Peter Ustinov wins Best Supporting Actor 
for to copy. Top copy. Top copy. I don't know how to pronounce that, and I'm going to stop butchering it now. Copy. Beating out Stanley Holloway for My Fair Lady, playing Alfred P. Doolittle, who is my favorite part of this movie. I should have won that award. (laughs) Um, And Lila Kadrova wins Best Supporting Actress for uh, Zorba the Greek, making this the first time that all four acting categories were won by non-Americans. Nice. Uh, best story and screenplay goes to Father Goose. Uh, written directly for the screen goes to Father Goose, beating out the Beatles film Hard Day's Night. I brought it up in the Tom Jones episode. Uh, yeah. Best screenplay based on material from another medium goes to Beckett, beating out My Fair Lady. Uh, best foreign language film goes to Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow. Oh, sorry. Sophia Loren. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, best you know, that's another name that I like to bring up because of Grumpy Old Men. Yeah, or Grumpy, your old man. That was really the first time I recognized her, and she was still fair. Kind of like Helen Mirren is now, right? Uh, best documentary feature goes to Jacques Cousteau's World Without Sun, I believe, making that Jacques Cousteau's second Academy Award. Uh, best documentary short subject goes to Nine from Little Rock. Best oh, movie. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Best live action short subject goes to Casal's Conduct, 1964. Uh, best short subject cartoon goes to The Pink Fink, the very first Pink Panther short. Yay. Uh, Zach, how does Caitlin feel about the Pink Panther? She is down with the Pink Panther. Nice. That sounds like a euphemism, too. It certainly does. <laughs> yes. Uh, if I had to take a guess, that was probably on the front of Shot in the Dark or the first Pink Panther movie, both of which were released in America in 1964. Uh, but the first Pink Panther was a film from 1963 that just got held up. I want to know what this crystal cracker is. Ah, it's another <laughs> weird one. <laughs> right down the Christ- it's crystal cracker. It's, Chris- it's Christmas, Christmas cracker. Christmas cracker. Oh. Crystal Cracker sounds bad. I see. I see your film is here, Paul. How to avoid friendship? Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. So, best music score goes to Mary Poppins for the Sherman Brothers. <sighs> okay. Over My Fair Lady, though? Oh, sorry. That's original score. The, the ad- adaptation okay. or treatment okay. goes sure, to My sure. Fair Lady for okay. going to Andre Previn, beating out Hard Day's Night. Yeah. And Mary Poppins. And Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it was both an adaptation or treatment and substantially original. And, and it's three different people nominated for the two awards. <laughs> Just... Overlap of songs or something. Yep. Oh, and uh, the Rat Pack film, Robin and His Seven Hoods, is nominated for Adaptation or Treatment. Okay. Um, Chim Chim Cheree from Mary Poppins, the Sherman Brothers picking up their second award on the night. Song is fucking terrible. For hey. best song. That is a ridiculous statement. Uh, I don't like it so much. <laughs> it's not the best song in that it movie. It is not the best song in that movie, but that song rules. 
that it is my favorite part of that whole film. I will get into that later. Uh, it beats out My Kind of Town from Robin and his Seven Hoods, pointing at my Chicago flag behind me here, because that song's nice. about Chicago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't go there, or you'll be anti-buttercreamed. <laughs> anti-buttercreamed being just handing somebody a towel. No, you wouldn't need the towel. That's fair. Just lay in it. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess you would need the towel to do anti. Okay, anyway. Anyway, um, uh, what were we saying about the widow Jenkins? <laughs> she fell down again. She fell down again. <laughs> that sound. Let me get that bitch lifeline. That sound. Don't worry, they'll never keep her down. <laughs> I'm falling and I can't get up. Best sound effects goes to Goldfinger, a James Bond film, which that song does not get nominated for best song. What the fuck? Yeah. That's one of the best Bond themes. Really? Almost as good as For Your Eyes Only. That's the best Bond theme, hands down. That is a really good one. I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm partial to, uh, to, um, Live and Let Die. That's another good one. I like the Kanye West, uh, Diamonds are forever. Oh, I actually love that song. <laughs> I love Diamonds the... in Sierra Leone. Yeah, I love the Adele Skyfall song. That shit's and amazing. Well, that, that's song. well, that that's the only one that's ever won an Academy Award for best song. Uh, yeah, also, Sam Smith's good. "The Writings on the Wall" won okay. best song yeah, too. Uh, you are correct. Did not deserve correct. it. That song is trash. Perspector, <laughs> yeah, that song is trash. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, best sound goes to My Fair Lady. Best Art Direction Black and White goes to Zorba the Greek. Uh, best Art Direction Color goes to My Fair Lady. Everything was done on sound stages. Absolutely agree. Wow, yeah. yeah. Um, so Mary Poppins was a really good contender for that. Uh, best Cinematography Black and White goes to Zorba the Greek. Great choice. Uh, best Cinematography Color goes to My Fair Lady. Also great choice. Uh, best costume design, black and white, goes to Night of the Iguana, uh, based on the Arthur Miller play. Uh, best. Are you sure? Because according to the Oscars website, it's Zorba the Greek. All right, which category again? Best cinematography, black and white. No, well, costume design. Costume design. Okay. I already said cinematography. Yeah, I was looking at the wrong list. That's her. Uh, I'm, I'm on Wikipedia. Yeah, the, the Oscar website's in a different order. Yeah, it's, it's yes. I follow I'm it. having to scroll up and down. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. I, I've been using Wikipedia and they keep them in the same order. So I'm just going to stay there. Um, okay. Uh, best costume design color goes to My Fair Lady. Kind of what else is it going to be? Uh, best Poppins. film. Huh? Mary Poppins. I don't know, man. The, the race scene was nominated, but yeah. Yeah, the race scene alone for me is yeah, sure. hands down. The race scene is my favorite scene of the entire it's, movie. It's so. but, but, <laughs> the best amazing. song, honestly, too. I, I'd like to point out, for costuming in that scene, she's the only one not wearing black and white. Yes. Uh, best film editing goes to Mary Poppins beating out My Fair Lady. Best visual effects goes to Mary Poppins beating out The Seven Faces of Dr. Lau. We only have one honorary award, no Gene Herschelt Humanitarian Award, no Irving G. Thalberg Award. And that goes to William Tuttle 
for his outstanding makeup achievement for the Seven Faces, Dr. Lau. Oh, I haven't seen those Seven Faces, but good for him. Yeah, that's our Oscar breakdown. All right. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about this movie. Let's um, so we all love this movie. Yeah, it's amazing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It, I, I got to it today, and this has been a hell week for school. So I Jonathaned a little bit of it, but I still love this fucking movie so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those ones that's just in my psyche, and like I could have fallen asleep if I was tired enough and woke up and known everything that I missed. <laughs> Yeah, 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 so yeah. so that's what it means by Jonathan a movie. Okay, yeah. I just want to make sure because I did that to Mary Poppins. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you ever hear us talk about Jonathan a movie, Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathaning, wow, Jonathaning, Irish wristwatch, Irish yeah. wristwatch. But now I fell asleep during a bit of it. Uh, not a little bit, but kind of. I, I slept through the rain in Spain. I've slept through. Uh, I could have danced all night. I think actually I woke up in the oh. middle of I could have danced all night. Uh, but I made it. I woke up for the race scene. And that's all I cared about. That song is <laughs> awesome. Song rules. <laughs> I love how deadpan it is. Yes. So, um, man, this is again tough talking about a movie we all thoroughly so, enjoyed and agree to so enjoy. Let's, let's pick things to talk about and why we like them. Let's, let's, try, let's try doing that. So I actually do have one complaint. I, I actually have a couple of complaints, but go on. <laughs> and and that's that Rex Harrison doesn't sing a single one of his goddamn songs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, but I, I kind of love that. <laughs> I don't mind it, but it's like you're the weed, you should be singing. <laughs> uh, you can sing a little at the end there with I've grown accustomed to her face. Accustomed to her face, a but little, for the most yeah, part, he yeah. speaks just about all of it. Yeah, that, what yeah. I love about that is that um, they couldn't dub him over properly, so he's the only one actually like singing his songs in the movie. Yeah, they had to put a microphone under his tie or something. Was like, so he was. It was one of the like first wireless microphones. So this movie gets kind of a technological advancement on top of everything else. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I'll say the thing that really uh, strikes me when I watch this movie is just how much fun everybody seems to be having making it. Yeah. I yep. think it has a certain swagger that probably comes with um, knowing you're in something amazing that's been really successful as a, a musical and you're like I'm here to fuck shit up because this this <laughs> musical rules yeah so and yeah yeah and, and almost every song is just top notch like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't believe the same people that wrote Gigi wrote this I'm gonna shit on Gigi <laughs> again <laughs> so I knew it was coming up so <laughs> you get the feeling from both of these movies like it's that same feeling but it's st- they're both still about grooming, right? <laughs> well, uh, this is grooming I in, mean, a, in a different sense. Of the in word. a different <laughs> way. way. <laughs> you know, it's the, still well, ultimately it's, a man grooming a woman. Right? But stick her in the bath, the that is grooming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but at least one of them is a fucking adult. Yes. So, yeah. And yeah. she gets to, you know, speak her piece about it. And, right. yeah. yeah, she's never silent about her, her position. Right. Yeah. 
um, pretty much up until the end when she goes to see uh, Higgins' mom, and Higgins' mom is just like, good, fuck him! Yeah. <laughs> yes. Such a great scene. And then this is, her mom's like, go ahead and toy around with him some more. I'm going to go leave the room. Yeah. Uh, my main complaint is, you know, in the content, uh, the Eliza Doolittle character is so fucking whiny, and it's it's just one of those pet peeves of mine that I cannot stand. And it's just like, shut the fuck up and give it a second before you start going off like that. <laughs> but like, I'm not saying your current, your concerns aren't a problem. I'm just saying the way you're handling it is like a bitch. Shut up. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, I think, I think the good thing about that though, is that the film treats that as overreaction. Yeah. Like it, it's never treated as, she's necessarily in the right because anytime that she's whining it's because she's not paying attention to something and suddenly just starts going off about something else like yeah she starts to overreact and some other character in the scene is like you need to knock it off yeah depending on how they do it. like rex harris is just like you know he think it's just like shut up but see, and then like the 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 house the house matron is like you need to calm down like everybody's always like you what what are you doing yeah well see and that's the thing that's why i love the character of pickering just because if he wasn't in half the scenes that he was in with higgins i don't think it would have been as good of a movie because you have two characters that have some really annoying fucking traits i honestly think pickering for this film is the audience surrogate Yes, yeah, absolutely. Because, because he's just the guy who's who's there witnessing everything and giving the voice a reason to to one this insane whiny woman and two this insane overbearing uh, arrogant socially yeah. inept douchebag. <laughs> yep, like the the one line where he's just like, you know, damn Higgins, I want to find her for me. I was like, you know what, dude. You're cool. I like you. Like it's it just Higgins whole detachment from society as a whole and and her just, you know, very much in herself, just trying to worry about herself. It just it does not work without having that third wheel. And yeah, I think he just yeah. really pulls everything together and gives the audience that kind of breather from those two characters. My only my only complaint about Pickering, he has the worst song in this musical, and I do not like listening to that song. The You Did It song. Oh, yeah. You did it. You I did it. Yeah. You did it. You did it. You did. I don't like that song. <laughs> I never liked it. It would have been fine if it were like a half the length or something for the point of the movie, but yeah, it's yeah. not a very Or just song. Didn't, wasn't there. If it wasn't for the fact that a lot of the song, that almost all of the songs were as good as they were, I'd say all of so them could use bangers. a little bit of cutting from them time-wise, but they're also good. They're also yeah. good. I mean, I think there are a few songs where you could you could definitely trim some fat, like uh, like that one. What's the one for uh, Eliza's father? Oh uh, no, please don't. He's he's in it. not not get not not get me to the church. Okay, but, uh, uh, a, bit, a little bit of luck. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. A there's 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 a like one or two he's two verses he could probably get rid of. My there. problem with that is he's in the play so little that any any moment I get to spend with him is my favorite yeah. moment of the film. Yeah. yeah. And and I love that character, but if he wasn't in it, I'm not sure 
what would be lost from the story itself. I, yeah, I, I, and, and the, the story. what sets him up later in the film is such a throwaway line in the beginning of the, the movie where he's like, oh, just just tell them they, they need to talk to this guy. So, <laughs> like, this guy's annoying me. This guy's annoying me. I want to put them together. I like and that, it, though. To, to, to David's point first, then to Jonathan's. Um, I, I like that because they say the best time the best time to bring something back is when the audience has forgotten about it. And you yes, absolutely yeah. forget about that by the time you see him again. To Jonathan's point, I think losing him as a character hurts the film overall because then you don't really see her upbringing so much. So you don't, you, you wouldn't understand why she would be able to subject herself to this kind of stuff. Uh, it, and- it really informs Eliza more as a character to have her absentee father yeah. Just being a, a, a horn dog and a terrible person <laughs> all over the place, and also the best character of the movie. <laughs> but I mean, you can see her also being just like raised as a street urchin yeah. at the same time That's and sure. be getting the same thing almost. But it it really it really leads a lot into like the patriarchal value system. Sure, that she is subject to essentially the fact that her yeah. father would go sell her for five pounds <laughs> and his jaunt through the town. It really is a really good um, scene building. And like, this is where she's from. These are the people. Yeah. But I also yeah. think we get that with, wouldn't it be lovely at the very beginning of the movie oh, too. So but that that's more of early. That's more of the Disney. I want song. Yeah. Uh, well, the one character I think that could have been completely cut is Freddy. I think Freddy I, could have been cut. See, so when I said my my teacher complained about a character, that was the character she complained about. Um, and she called him a creepy stalker. First. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which he pretty much is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's handled that way though. Yeah, he kind of is. He he is one of the initial. He is one of the original simp's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Audrey Hepburn. Uh, I yeah. don't blame yeah. him. <laughs> well, that's why he's a simp. I mean, it's Audrey Hepburn. Um, yeah, uh, I think overall, Freddy is a means to an end. He exists in Pygmalion as well. Uh, Shaw yeah. wanted Eliza to end up with him because uh, Higgins is supposed to be essentially Shaw, and Shaw was gay. <laughs> So Higgins is supposed to be gay. Got a good song though. On Street Where You Live is a good song. I I love that. And I love that it's a plot yes. point in the movie Blast from the Past. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just one of those movies. I think it's it's I mean, we're we're kind of I don't want to say grasping at straws to find what's wrong with it because there really isn't that much. There are bits and pieces to critique, but I think you can get that out of everything. Is it a perfect movie? No. It's close. close though. It's it's yeah, pretty damn close. close. <laughs> and I'm with David. This is this is top three, maybe even my number one movie musical. Like I love this yeah. musical so much. Yeah, this yeah. is definitely top five for me. I think top five for me also. You know, it's uh like I keep repeating, I'm not much of a musical guy, but if I if I have something that I remember fondly from my youth that usually colors my opinion with nostalgia and and songs are the type of songs you can just listen to and they are so relatable to everyday moments in your life. And 
you know, the number of times I that I've went, wouldn't it be lovely? Yeah. <laughs> you know, just the songs like they stick with me. Like I love, I uh, couldn't go to bed. I, I you know dance all night. It's one of my favorite songs. Yeah, the, this is this is a musical I quote a lot. Like from top to bottom, there there's things that I quote all the time. Yeah, darn. Why? Darn. <laughs> Why in, yeah. in America they haven't spoken English in years? Like, <laughs> my, just last night I was playing Destiny with my clanmates, and I have a friend who one of my clanmates is from from Britain, and he's arguing the pronunciation of aluminum and aluminium. <laughs> and I was like, why can't the English teach their children how to speak? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, it's, nice. It's it's just it's such a fun fun musical i i love all the characters uh i love the sets oh the sets are so gorgeous in this yeah. yes editing uh, is smooth as butter sure is i just love a movie yeah. where they don't hide the crazy from the, uh, from the characters yeah like it's not it's it's in front of you the yeah. entire time yeah just and and they just lean into the over-the-top nature of the story yeah yeah, and, and the fact that it's a musical, like we have scenes like the race scene, like you guys love so much, that open and you can tell that it is a musical play because yep. everyone is on stage in their positions and then it starts. Yep. It's not like they walk into the stage. It's not like a natural, like everyone's frozen in time and then it starts. Oh, it's like that. And, uh, oh, what is It's like the scene. It was a setup of the scene. And I don't remember if it led into a song. Um, where they're kind of setting up that morning market area at the beginning oh, of the film. Yeah, no, it doesn't lead into a song, but it it is gorgeous. Oh god, it's yeah. so great! But yeah, you can definitely see like, hey, this is an adaptation from a great theater show, and we want to show you what it can do on a movie. Yeah, where but this the last movie I was in, talking to you guys about was Hamlet, and there's such a difference between this one and Hamlet. They were both shot like they were plays. Where this one, I think nailed it See, hamlet did not and that's where i also bring <laughs> yeah. up uh west side story where i feel like west side story was just like a 3d theater show where i felt this definitely was much better <laughs> done right. than that was i i i can't follow i, I actually think west side story does it better <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> all right i i love the sets and hashtag paul was wrong <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i just <laughs> west side story was just a a bigger stage that's all it did for me oh it's so good though it the set is gorgeous uh what i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna reopen west side story right now it's better fair enough uh well does anybody else have any notes on this movie no i just i love this movie so much it's it's a great movie it's so good it is (laughs) yeah see it definitely yeah it, I mean, it's almost it, it's almost three if hours by some fluke you haven't if by but it doesn't feel it, it. doesn't feel it one bit as yeah. a, even as a musical it doesn't feel it like i literally was like oh intermission fast forward through it because netflix actually had the intermission in the middle of it. Yeah. i was like i'm just gonna fast forward through the intermission anyway i don't need to get up and go to the bathroom so yeah. i'm good <laughs> but you can you can have a snack you can do what yeah. you need to do Split. yeah we can all uh, get down in the lobby i love yeah, a good on, i love a good entree act so i stuck through <laughs> Give me, yep. give me an overture and an ultra act any day. Okay. This is this is in. Okay. It is I would also like to point out this is uh Warner Brothers' first best picture since Casablanca. Oh, so keep nice. that in mind. 
Um, I don't think that's really going to affect too much. But can you give me the year it went in? I've been feeling 1994. Ooh, I was going to go 96. 89 was the inaugural year, right? Yes. I'm going to go 92. 2018. Fuck you. What? Uh... So, so like the actual Congress <laughs> that the library is of, they just do a shit job. At yeah. Okay, I got it. A lot of times, yeah. This, okay, this might be the most shocking one yet. Well, what did we have? Was it was it Ben Hur that was that late as well, or was it yeah, Ben Hur? Ben Hur had, had the original yeah. one and gone in earlier. So, I, I mean, I can see that on a technicality, but no, I mean, I'm. Unless like Pygmalion, there's an edition of Pygmalion that's in this bef- in there beforehand. Um, what year is Pygmalion? Sixteen candles. Thirty. <laughs> thirty-eight. Uh, I'm gonna go check thirty-eight real quick, and we're gonna see if Pygmalion's in there. No, Pygmalion's not in there because it is a British film. British film. Yep. <laughs> so then, yeah, there's no fucking excuse for this. No, yeah. This this is egregious. Now, okay, so. Uh, this is a British film with American distribution. Is that? Or no, this is this is one hundred percent American, just with British okay. actors, uh, okay. because it was produced produced by Jack L. Warner. Okay, right. Shot okay. shot on Warner yeah. Brothers Studios lot in California. Gotcha. gotcha. Thank you. All right. Mm. Our uh, class of sixty four is eleven films. It is Dead Birds, a documentary. Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, which gets in in 1989. I knew that one. If you brought it up, I was going to cheat. <laughs> <laughs> Is it cheating if you know the answer? Maybe. He's just studying for the test. Uh, Empire, an experimental film. The March, documentary short subject. Mary Poppins, which itself does not go in until 2013. Uh, My Fair oh. Lady, Nothing But a Man which apparently was good enough to go into 93. Uh, Parable, a short subject. The Pawnbroker, Point of Order, a documentary. The Tammy Show, which is a uh, acronym, T-A-M-I, which is also a documentary. And that is our last film for 1964. Yeah, yeah I told you beforehand that I expected three, at least three, the three, Mary Poppins, My Fair Lady, and Dr. Strangelove. So. Uh, I believe... Beckett was a British film, so it wouldn't be right. And I think Zorba the Greek is Greek, so it is Greek, yeah. So that's because when I looked it up, it was like the original title, and it was the Greek lettering, and so I was like, <laughs> yeah, not gonna. Yeah, I think I think that renders both of those ineligible. Though Zorba the Greek, I think of the two would honestly be in right now. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into our worsty judgments this time. All right, so, uh, David, is this the... I forgot the fucking question. Jesus Christ, I knew I was going to fuck up somewhere. <laughs> yeah. best picture. It is. <laughs> Does this deserve best picture? Out of the five that were nominated, absolutely. I think this one, hands down, is the better musical of the two that were nominated. Um, I haven't seen Beckett and Zorba the Greek, so I'm not really certain on them. Um but I would definitely put this as the top one. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I don't like uh, Mary Poppins, so uh, I think of the uh, 1964 films, those might be the two that I've seen. 
Hashtag Jonathan is wrong. Yeah. (laughs) But, well, and Dr. Strangelove. But I still think My Fair Lady definitely beats those out. Zach. All right. I'm going to pull a Paul this week because I was able to watch all five. um, How about we do this together, Zach? Okay. Uh, and I'll let you know where they are in my rankings as we go through them. So go, you, you, you pick the one to talk about. And we'll, we'll talk about it. All right. I'm gonna, my number five, going to have to be Beckett, even though I really liked Beckett. I thought it was a little, little slow. Probably could have trimmed a little. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, I, I enjoyed Beckett a lot. Uh, yeah. but I agree. I, I think it could have trimmed some and been just fine. So Peter O'Toole of that fucking movie. <laughs> you know, what it's one of those things looking back from a modern perspective, it's like Rex Harrison was good, but knowing that Peter O'Toole would never win an Oscar, he should have got it. He, <laughs> he should have got it. I think he's I honestly think he's just the best in the field this year. Yeah, I think Rex Harrison is fine. Uh, if I had to rank him, I'd go. If he had sung his songs, I'd have said yes. That he deserved <laughs> best picture, best actor. I I think if, if I have to go, I'm going Harrison five, Burton four, Quinn three, Sellers two, Peter O'Toole one. Uh, uh, nice. Uh, yeah, I get behind that. I I I only rank Sellers lower because I don't like the character of Doctor Strangelove. I, I just think he, he doesn't do anything for me, and I don't <laughs> I don't think he's useful to the plot either. Okay. Where which uh what did you have Beckett ranked? Uh, where do I have Beckett ranked? Um, yeah. Okay, so I'm ranking Beckett at four, but mostly because I'm putting Zorba the Greek at five for one reason. I finished watching it like minutes before you sent the link for the Zoom, <laughs> and I haven't had enough time to think about that fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> well. It, that, that... It wrecked me in a weird way, and I'm not comfortable with it. Yeah. So I've got Zorba the Greek at number four, which I could have swapped with Beckett, because I actually just finished that before we started recording, so it's funny <laughs> that the ones we just finished are both our number fives. Zorba the Greek, I really, really liked it, but I think the tonal shifts were kind of weird. Maybe it was an editing issue. Yeah. Because a lot of it's comedy, but then all of a sudden it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, and, and like... The one scene with the widow Jenkins in uh, outside the funeral. Ah, shit! It's just weird. Like it just yeah. like I don't. It didn't come out of nowhere, but just kind of the the way it shifted into it was yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah, the the looting and stuff of the dead really made me uncomfortable. And I will say the movie had a great ending. I love the ending. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, it yeah. definitely it definitely ends in a nice spot. And like I said, I just I haven't had enough time to chew on it. I should have watched it a couple of days ago. And had I had I known that that's what the film was going to be, I would have. <laughs> yeah. All right. You're number three. So my number three, uh, I've got Mary Poppins. Um, as much as I love Mary Poppins, me too. Um, it is a you know it's a kids film first and foremost. Um, so it's not quite as mature as My Fair Lady and and it doesn't have quite the cinematography, although it has some, some really good cinematography. And Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke are beyond treasures to this planet. 
yeah. both beautiful human beings. No matter how much people have complained about his accent over the decades, I, I don't care. Garbage. <laughs> it is, but I love him. He's um, he's so fun in the movie. Uh, the reason it doesn't get a little higher for me is I don't like a few of the songs at all, and I think it also takes some weird tonal shifts that uh, take me out of the film from time to time. Fair enough. So then my number two and my number one, um, yeah, probably swap depending on the day and what kind of mood I'm in. So, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> my fair lady or Dr. Strangelove. I like, like I said, I, I love them both for different reasons. Strangelove. Um, yeah. Strangelove for me is firmly at number two. There's, there's no swapping. Uh, gotcha. It is the, it is the last Stanley Kubrick film I like from start to finish. Okay. Uh, uh, or a zero, <laughs> or just has Jack Nicholson and Stanley Kubrick being the most heinous jerk out, jerk off of all time. True. Um, I yeah, I we'll get into more of those later, but yeah. um, this is like, and I wouldn't say two thousand one's fifty percent. I'd say two thousand one's probably like ninety percent. I just don't like the last ten fifteen minutes. Uh, um, so if you're asking me if. Uh... My Fair Lady deserves Best Picture. I'm going to say yes. Um, because it's a masterful film and there's nothing wrong with it. I think Dr. Strangelove may have a uh, important cultural and boldness to it for the time it was released. And I really respect that. Um, crazy how applicable it, it still could be now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, love mutually assured destruction. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, my Fair Lady absolutely deserves Best Picture. It's, it's my favorite film in the field. It's possibly my favorite film in 1964 without doing too much more research. This or Goldfinger? Yeah. Goldfinger is my favorite really Bond film. Shout out to Fistful of Dollars, but, you know, we'll, we'll get there. Oh, too. I, oh, I love Fistful of Dollars, but <laughs> Good, the Bad, the Ugly is the best of that trilogy. Yeah. David is shaking his head vigorously at me saying Goldfinger is my favorite Bond film. Man with a Golden Gun. Oh, it's so good. I love Christopher <laughs> Lee so much in that film. That's what sells it for me is Christopher <laughs> Lee. Scaramanga. All right. All right. So a couple of yeses here. Nice. Uh, so, David, uh, does this movie, is this movie the worst? Best picture. No, because Gone with the Wind still exists. <laughs> I am with you on that. <laughs> I haven't seen, like I said earlier, I I have not seen, you know, Broadway Melody, the greatest show on earth, Life of a Mill Zola, but I'm sure they're going to be down there as well <laughs> when I ever see them. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, pure poop. Pure poop. Uh, yeah, definitely not the worst best picture at all. Uh, I'd say uh, this one might be in my top five. <laughs> I'd say this is pumping nice. something out. So uh, I might Aww. sit down and do that tomorrow. I got the time. Yeah. I might finally you should, watch you should uh, also... Life of Zola. <laughs> no, not Zola. Uh, um, no. Great Zigfield. The Great Zigfield. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But... <laughs> Zola, we've already... That's the Nazi. One of the Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I might do that tomorrow. Uh, Zach. This is the worst best picture. Mm-mm. No, no. We sold ourselves out on it by... T- Praising it so highly for this answer, but uh, I'm looking at my list right now. Right now, my number nine is All Quiet on the Western Front. Number ten is All About Eve. I think I'm going to slide it in between there, so it's my new number ten. 
All right. That's real funny. Paul. It's currently my number 10. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Twinsies. Is that that all quiet at number eight there? Uh, All quiet at number eight. Lawrence of Arabia at number nine. Uh, And (laughs) From Here to Eternity sitting at number 11. I I just love this film so much. And from a critical perspective, looking looking at its flaws i couldn't rank it higher than a lot of the stuff that's here but honestly i I went back and forth of whether or not i was going to put it above lawrence of arabia like they they could flip and flop for me all day like i'll probably wake up tomorrow and regret that but (laughs) i I don't right now it's my number 10 i love this film so much excellent sweet all right well dave thank you very much for joining us again man we appreciate you david always anything that you would uh, like to plug sir uh, not at the moment, no. Uh, any no. social medias you want to share? You want everyone to leave you the fuck alone? I mean, I'm at Virginia Weiner, and that's W-I-N-E-R on Twitter. That's pretty much it. All right. Well, again, thank you very much for joining us. Always. Right. And my name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on Twitter, on TikTok, and on Twitch at Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? Find me on Critiker. Zackmaster, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, where I put my short little movie reviews and um, on TikTok at House Havoc. Oh. And you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Letterboxd at Father of the Fear across all platforms. Make sure to follow me on Letterboxd where you can see my rankings of these films and follow any other movie, one-sentence movie reviews I put up there. All right. And what are we watching next week? Next week, we are watching The Sound of Music, a movie <laughs> my dad won't watch for some reason. F you, Dad. Okay. Too you busy, can rent that on. Is he walking out of mystery? <laughs> you can rent that on Amazon, Google Play, Voodoo, or YouTube, or a stream on Disney Plus. All right. We would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Loving Up with Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. You could. Uh, and we would like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod and on Facebook at the Oscar Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher really helps us to be seen in the almighty rhythm of Al Gore. Oh no! Muted Jonathan, Zach, David Ray, and Eliza Doolittle. I would like for you all have a damn fine day. <laughs> <laughs>